Hello, welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where we don't just answer questions, but we teach life lessons. I'm Brian Gumpy, And I'm Patrick Mathers. And we pastor a church together. Yeah. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) We teach life lessons. I just taught one to my daughter's friend. Oh, <laughs> I just lived it, and I still didn't know what you were talking about. I, I so Abby was I over here. I oh, don't think that the listeners are any more eager to hear what comes out of your mouth than I am. I'm like sitting here like an audience member, practically head in my hands, just grinning. <laughs> like, ooh, what's he gonna say? I, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> it might be really funny and good. It might be super awful. <laughs> But you never know. Regardless, I, I know that I'm not going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> to be fair, I almost never know what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> so Abby's friend, Abby was over here. She's my middle daughter, and her friend Abijah was over picking her up, and we're at your house. And the, the uh, I don't remember how. It, oh, they're fu- they're play fighting, and I told Abby or I told Abijah I taught my girls to always fight scrappy. Never fight fair, always fight scrappy. And Abijah was offend, a little offended. She's a little, I can't believe you taught him that, ah, you know, kind of thing. And then I said to Abby, hey, what do you do if somebody's attacking you? And she said, immediately, she knew exactly what I said, because I've told all my girls this, you jump up on their neck and you stick your fingers in their eyeballs and try to dig their eyeball out. And I know that sounds like the awful worst thing, but it doesn't matter if it's just one person attacking you or a whole group. That guy's going to start screaming and yelling, and he's going to freak out, and you're going to be able to run away. Even if it's in a group, everyone's going to be like, oh, kind of worried about that dude, and you're still going to be able to run away. So You're like looking me in the eye, teaching me this, like if there's a dude who comes up at you, hop on his back and try and dig his eyeballs Look, out, I know and you're you, going to be able to run have away. You, have you ever been in a fight? No, but when you're like telling me this, as a 30 one-year-old man, I'm thinking about these what these, kind of crazy bad men situation who are, are you going to get yourself yeah. in? How much trouble could you possibly get uh, in where all of a like sudden I'm, like I thought I was taking candy, I thought I was taking candy from a perfectly nice man, <laughs> and then they all pulled out switchblades, and then <laughs> seven dudes in leather jackets jumped out. <laughs> leather jackets! All of a sudden, you're in what's that movie? Yeah, they start snapping their, their fingers. fingers. When you jet all the way <laughs> from your first cigarette to your dying day. And then Norm MacDonald comes in and goes, wah, 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 what's going on here? Why are you guys singing? That was the joke of that, that SNL skit. I didn't see it. Oh, man. They start singing as they're about to fight like they would in that... What is that musical? West Side How Story. Do, West Side Story. And I haven't seen that, but I still know what okay, it is. Okay, so they're like doing that in, in the skit in SNL, and then Norm MacDonald's in there like, hey, what the crap are you doing? We're trying to fight these guys. And then they keep singing. Oh, it's hilarious. That's a good one. I Norm MacDonald is yeah. gold. I love some Norm MacDonald. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, that guy is comedy gold every time. Every time. It's been days since I've listened to some Norm MacDonald. What's your I'm, favorite Norm MacDonald joke? The moth joke. The moth joke? Yeah, I That's just introduced my father to it. So good. Uh, when we were on our way to an A's game when he was so out visiting. I think my favorite if you one. Haven't, if you haven't heard Norm MacDonald do his moth joke. Yeah, Conan to, O'Brien moth joke. Go That's to YouTube you need, right joke. now. Yeah. Pause this. Yes, pause Stop this. Stop listening to us. And go, go to YouTube <laughs> and commit. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's so good. And then 
you can kind of chamber this one and go look it up later on. But um, the last appearance of Nor- the finale of Letterman. When Norm Macdonald did that skit on the, the, the on Germany on Germany, that's, that's exactly my favorite what, one. That's what me, my dad, and my yep. brother listened to right after the yep. moth joke. Yep, that's my favorite. Oh, it's so good. That crinkly, crinkly. <laughs> he's not even going to dignify by saying his name, right? Oh. Like he's Voldemort or yeah. something. <laughs> they went to war with yeah the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good, so good. Yeah, it's been. Days and days and days and days and days since I've listened to that. And when I say days and days and days and days, I mean like, literally, like days. <laughs> literally days and days and days and days. Literally or literally? literally. So, like you you were littering while you did it, or it was literally days ago. So Marcus and I, who is now a coworker, <laughs> you're not even going to dignify that with a response. No. Uh, we like to point out how all of the youths that we work with say literally, literally all the time. Literally all the time. Like, I'm, I literally died when I went and saw Infinity War. Which, by the way, have you seen Infinity no, War shut yet? up. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be an eight-minute long intro. You haven't taken intro. me. I keep trying to, to get us into the topic by saying literally over and over again. Okay, You're we'll go. Just bait. don't worry about the, the Infinity War thing. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm kind of salty about it. Go. <laughs> Do you believe in a literal seven- 24-hour day creation? <sighs> okay. That's the question. Somebody asked us. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So. Here's I, the thing. What's the thing? Okay. Right off the bat, let me just put my cards on the table. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And uh, unequivocally, unashamedly, I will say, yes, I do believe in that. We have to do the heavy lifting <laughs> though in order to the burden of proof is, is on, on you me, is on me because yes! no it, it is because because you know science i love science i i love astrophysics i love all that kind of stuff i like to read about quantum theory and these things it's kind of over my head a lot of it but i love this kind of stuff and there is a general prevailing idea that you are just a Tennessee, I'm going to use Tennessee because your parents live there, Roasted. rather than Kentucky, uh, or West Virginia, that's where my family's from, or my dad's side's from, West Virginia, inbred, fundamentalist, King James only snake handler, if you believe in a literal seven-day creation. Right? That's kind of the prevailing theory, I think, in the culture at large. Why would you even say that if science teaches us that it couldn't be? So, number one, I don't think science teaches us that, that it could be. Um, could be? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I know that I just, I just read an article literally <laughs> yesterday that, uh, that basically was saying the reason, it was asking why don't we have more antimatter in the universe? Because 
there should be an equal amount of antimatter with matter in the universe, but we don't have that. We have almost no antimatter, and when we do produce antimatter, it doesn't function the way physics should tell us antimatter should function. So it's like really, it, it's it's an odd thing. Okay, so anyways, I'll, I'll ask for the people who aren't willing to admit that they don't know what antimatter is. What is antimatter? Okay, well, that's not the point. I, this is going to be a, well, Can a you 50, say it in... 20 it's seconds be, or less? It, it, it's, it's the and matter is made up of protons and electrons, and they have a certain charge and they go a certain way. Antimatter is the opposite. They're charged oppositely from what the regular matter is charged with. And so the one that's positive in matter is negative in antimatter. The one that's negative in matter is positive in antimatter. And it just, it just is made up in the opposite ma- manner that matter is made up in and there should be a lot of it there should be a lot of this an equal amount for because balance well it's not like a a sith and jedi thing but yeah that kind of because of balance because oh okay here's what i was getting to the whole presupposition of the article is look we know the big bang happened and because the big bang happened this should be the case in the universe but it's not so why come it's not so that's, that's the whole point of the article. And so for me, taking a step back and looking at that, I go, well, th- because I don't presuppose there was a Big Bang, I certainly don't doubt that God um, created everything in an instant like that. And I don't have a problem even saying that if we look at what Scripture has to say in, in that New Test in, in the in Genesis there, that there are certain elements that I could see, okay, well, I could, I can, I can, in my mind, as a believer, reconcile some of these things. So one of the big things is that people would say is, well, we see everything is billions of years old. It just is. Everything is billions of years old. So we know there couldn't have been a seven-day creation because everything is billions of years old. And those who are more scientifically savvy and Christians will say, well, God isn't a liar. And if he were to have created with an appearance of age, that would be a lie. And that's something I don't buy. And that's something that the theistic evolutionist, somebody who believes in God and is a theist and yet is an evolutionist, would charge me with, is saying that I believe in a God who lies. And I, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything lying about God creating something with with a with an appearance of age, and 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 let me let me even bring that to the pop culture level. We I, I like Moana. Okay, it's one of the oh, when you said pop culture. Okay, <laughs> I'm popping it. All yeah, right, as poppy as you can get. So I like Moana. Right, it's one of my my favorite Disney movies for sure. Number one because it's my granddaughter's favorite. <laughs> But number two, because it's it really is a good movie. It's a different story. It's something that hasn't been told a hundred times. It's clever. It's witty. It's well written. But at the end of that story, spoiler alert, oh, <laughs> when Tafiti gets her heart back, all of a sudden the island grows and you have these full trees, full lush greenery all over the island. And Tafiti has an appearance of age. It looks like that she's been an island that's been in existence for thousands of years. Which we, And nobody's like, oh, that's not real. It wouldn't happen like that. Of course not. It's a cartoon, number one. But we understand if she was to get her heart back, that that's, she would grow lush and green because she's that heart gave her life, right? So I, it's silly and as rudimentary as that illustration is, I still like it 
because I can see God doing that same thing, creating fully grown trees, creating full functioning ecosystems in an instant, um, creating stars with light already on its way towards us. I don't have any problem with God doing those right. things. I didn't really think about it before, but it's not like anybody th- like thinks of the creation is, of Adam as him being created as a baby. Right, right. When well, you read, if, if when they you read believe the, in a literal Adam, which is not something we're talking about, and we definitely should do another episode on Well, that. but we're talking about creation. Yes. And yeah. so, right, I don't want to get into that too deeply, but at the same time, it would be a consistent argument to where if you think that the earth has to be new and... Uh, what? How did you say? Created with age? Or? With age, an appearance of age, yeah. Yeah, what's the difference between a mountain, a tree, or a man? Right, none. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we're charged with, so I listen to a couple of very secular podcasts, and, and oftentimes that Christianity is either made fun of or the object of scorn and ridicule, and some cases rightfully so. But one of the things that often comes up is our idea that idea that the earth is only 6,000 years old. And so I know that there are some Bibles, like if you pick up an old Schofield reference Bible and you go back to Genesis 1, it's literally going to say like 6,000 BC at the top of it. And so they're saying that the earth is actually not, it's like 8,000 years old, which they base that on the genealogies that are in scripture. But the genealogies are never complete. The point isn't to have complete, full genealogies. The point is to trace a lineage to a certain person, not to give you a timeline. But biblical people didn't think like that. Even in, in modern, older history, people didn't think like that. We do in the modern era because we think in much more categorical times in terms of this date and this, and, and this is... You, you know, just more interconnected with times and places and specificity. And that's not the idea, even in the very recent past. So what I'm, my point is, is that when people level the charge at me for believing in six-day creationism or seven-day creation, um, that I believe the earth is only 6,000 years old, I don't know that. It, it could be much, much older than that. And I have no problem with that. I, I don't at all. So the, so the reason why I would say that I do believe in a literal six-day, seven-day creation, six days and then the seventh day was a rest. So in that seven-day creation is multifaceted, and so let me give a few reasons why I believe that. Number one is that the Bible says so, and I believe the Bible is the Word of God, and I don't think that the Bible is in chapters one and chapter two giving us the creation story from two different perspectives, and one is poetry and one is literal, or one is more allegorical and one is more literalistic, which is what some people would hold to who don't believe in a six-slash-seven-day creation theory. I, I, I don't think God was trying to, to trick some people. I think it is clear. I think that chapter one of creation or Genesis is about creation in general, and chapter two is specifically about mankind. The second reason why I would say I believe in a literal uh, seven-day creation is because when the law is given and God gives the law to um, the children of Israel, he tells them to keep the Sabbath day holy because God created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. 
And so he's rooting the law that he's giving back into creation. And in scripture, whenever we come across this creation principle, it applies for all peoples everywhere at all time. And so what he's saying is that we should all believe in six day, seven day. We're believing that this law is true and valid because of this seven day creation that God did. And he rests or six days and then he rested there on the seventh. And the third thing I want to bring up is Jesus believed it. Jesus taught that God rested on the seventh day and that the earth was created in six days. I believe Jesus is the son of God unashamedly. I have no problem saying that, Uh, but I believe he's also completely human. And when he spoke, he wasn't speaking out of both sides of his mouth, that he was actually teaching and instructing and leading um, people into truth and not into um, error and not into confusion Um, And so when he was doing that and he brings up the issue of creation, he does so in a way that he's saying that it happened literally, that it happened the way that Genesis lays it out and not in some, you know, other kind of form that took eons of time. You think if anywhere in the Bible there was going to be correction on that point, Jesus is the one who would have brought it up because he corrected so much nonsense that had arisen in tradition over the years, and yet he doesn't there on that point. So I have to believe that Jesus was also a six-day creationist because that's the way God actually did it. So you don't think that there's any need to... Well, I guess you kind of did, but um, any cause for defining what a day is and whether, you know, a day could have meant something else and lasted a super long time. And so I personally am not interested in that debate. I know there are a lot of people who are, and I know there's a lot of good guys that we love who, who do say a day there is supposed to be taken as an age, an eon, an epoch, a long period of time and not intended to be a day. Although the word day is day. Right. It's not like some there's some other word that's being used in Hebrew there that leads us to understand that. It's the word day, 24-hour day. Um, to be perfectly fair, I at, at this point, I am not interested in quibbling, and if somebody really wants to hold this other view, then you know what? God, that's, uh, okay, I, I, I don't see... So when we talk about the levels of orthodoxy, you know, something that's really important, for example, like baptism, is we're Baptists. And so, you know, we have Presbyterian friends and we have Anglican friends, right? I'm friends with Father Hansen, who, own, you know, pastors the church that we rent. And he would hold to infant baptism. And we would really stringently differ there, right? They got that little infant baptismal font in the back of the church where we worship. Um, And I I wouldn't see that as a legitimate baptism. And so whereas that might separate us from fellowship and worshiping together, it doesn't separate us as Christians, right? Even though it's pretty, it's 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 like a level down from orthodoxy. I see creation as maybe a second tier or even a third tier, depending upon where that leads you or why you hold to that particular position um, in terms of its doctrinal importance. 
I, I don't see it. Some people, like, that's the sine qua non. Like, if you don't believe in literal six-day creation, you, I've got to question your Christianity. I've got to question whether you're even saved or not. So I'm glad you went there, because that was going to be what my next question is. Um, how much does whether or not you ascribe to a literal seven, 24-hour-day creation impact the rest of your Christian life? Okay, so for us, you and me, I, us, I mean, we have to The gentleman to, in the room. The gentleman in the room, because we are pastors of a Reformed Baptist church, and our confession of faith, the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, which isn't going to mean anything to most people, I get but be, that teaches a seven-day creation. We could not pastor in the church that we're in. We couldn't be an elder. We couldn't be a deacon. We could not be ordained in the church that we're in if we didn't hold to it and we didn't believe it. And it, so it isn't something like I'm forced to believe. It's something that I do believe. And so I'm like, great. So I ascribe to it so I can, I can minister here. There are plenty of churches I could go to that don't ascribe to it. So for us... It, it is something that we absolutely have to hold to. And if anyone, if you or I changed our position, it'd be something we would need to address with the church. And then we'd weigh if that's something that um, would be cause for us to move on or not. And it, in my opinion, it probably should be um, something that moves us on. Um, but in terms of uh, not us, okay, so let's take a step back from us, just somebody coming in and being a member of sovereign joy, I would want to sit down and have those discussions with them and wonder why they they didn't hold to a, a seven-day creation. But it isn't something that I would immediately say is disfellowshipping or a reason that we couldn't worship together, even take communion together. Um, as far as other churches go, I, I you know, we have, um, Tim Keller is, you know, and, and in some sense, Mark Dever uh, has a different view on creation than we do. And those are two guys who we would look at and highly respect both their ministries and their written work and be influenced by. And they hold a different view on creation than we do. And both of them, I think that we could have good, honest, robust discussions. And at the end of the day, still love Jesus the exact same and hug each other and, and um, yeah, fellowship. So it can affect your church membership. I think it could. Other than that, like, does it really affect the way that, you know, we would behave, the way that we would see the rest of Scripture? Um, Here's the problem, is sin came into the world and sin brought death. And if sin didn't come into the world the the way it talks about in Scripture, then you have death occurring for eons and millennia without there being sin. That's a real problem. So if I were going to talk to somebody who came in the back door and said, um, hey, you know what, I want to be a member of the church, but I don't believe in six-day creation, that would be the point that I would probably be working towards asking them, why not? Because if you, what's your view of sin then? And then if your view of sin is askew, then isn't your view of salvation therefore going to be askew? So this is a definite launching off point to potential error that will come about in your doctrine of salvation or your view of salvation. It doesn't necessarily have to go there. But we need to ask those questions and see why 
you know, would you hold to a view other than what just, it seems like scripture's saying on its face. Just like with a lot of other things, um, to take your position to a logical conclusion is probably going to take you somewhere where you wouldn't want to go. Is Yeah, or you, yeah. you wouldn't want to go, or maybe you've just not thought it through all the way, or maybe you are nefarious and you really are trying to bring in some destructive heresy and, and you really do have some really you know, outlandish view of salvation. And this is the way that gets you there. That could be the case. And at I that think point, that, we're going to find a different place for you to go. Right. And at, at that point, <laughs> you know, the, you're not going to be around long. I mean, it's going to come up pretty quick and we're going to be like, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's help you find somewhere else to go. And to, to be honest though, for the most part, it, I, I really don't see this as a hill to die on. Um, it, it's something we can talk about and debate and, like I said, I love science, which is going to surprise people because I know there's a lot of science out there that doesn't that would contradict supposedly contradict the things that we believe, but I don't think it does. And the more I study and read about this stuff, and granted, I'm no academic, but the more I read and study, really, the more it just solidifies my faith. It doesn't drive me away from the Lord; it drives me towards the Lord. I had a conversation with an atheist one time and he just immediately entered in with how can you believe the things you do when science teaches otherwise that was what he led with and so of course what's my first question going to be what science teaches otherwise right right? at that point the burden of proof is on him right and i and i want him to say what what are you saying i mean you're just there's a lot of baggage you have to unpack in order for that question to be relevant and valid Whereas this question here, you know, I, I'll take the burden of proof, and this is why I think it. It it's really comes down to my doctrine of Scripture. I believe it's the Word of God. I believe it's the authoritative Word of God, and I believe what it says, and I take it to heart, and, and I follow what it says um, as best as I possibly can. And so that's my presupposition. I know it. I'm aware of it, and I have no problem saying it. Question of the day. What do you think? The question of the day should be, if you were walking by someone on the street and they had a sign saying, give me money for beer, would you give them money for said beer? (laughs) That's the question of the day. I love it. (laughs) Oh, great. I'm going to love this question of the day thing. (laughs) It's gonna be it's gonna be pat ridiculousness book ending the episode. Dude, now. I just came up with that off the top of my head. It helps I have a beer right here. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> All right, you heard it. That's the question of the day. Hit us up, ask us questions, answer our questions. We believe that you belong. Here.